You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM. This is The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Margareta Dovgal, Managing Director at Resource Work Society. And this week's topic is an update from the nation's capital, a breakthrough in clean fusion energy, a new federal critical mineral strategy, and the latest from political leadership across the country. Margareta, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Fantastic to be here. Good morning, Karen. So there's an exciting new discovery in fusion that has just occurred, and experts are saying it could revolutionize the energy industry. Tell us about it. For sure. The recent breakthrough in fusion energy has experts veritably buzzing with excitement. And I think it's fair to say that the implications for the energy sector, and everyone uses energy, of course, so the world as a whole, could be pretty significant. Uh, and for those who don't know, not to be confused with uh, uh, nuclear fission, which is uh, the type of uh, uh, nuclear energy we're all mostly familiar with. Uh, you know, British Columbia doesn't have uh, nuclear plants, but uh, many places around the world and uh, the rest of Canada do. Uh, fusion is the process by which uh, atomic nuclei come together to form a heavier nuclear. Uh, that releases a tremendous amount of energy, and it's also the same process that actually powers the sun. Uh, of course, replicating the conditions within the sun, uh, it's our local star, uh, that has the mass of 99% of everything in our solar system has been kind of tricky on Earth, and there's no surprise. Um, but there's been a lot of speculation for a very long time that it could be potentially a limitless source of clean energy. Uh, and this recent achievement was the National Ignition Facility uh, in California at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Uh, this is also the first time that scientists have been able to surpass, surpass the break-even point uh, using this technique, uh, meaning that uh, the elements fused together uh, released more energy than which was supplied by the lasers that uh, drive the process forward. And, of course, it's a major step, uh, but there's still a lot of technical hurdles. I couldn't say at this point it's anywhere near commercial viability, uh, but certainly promising. And uh, I'll also note that Canada is also leading in this space. Uh, there's actually a Vancouver-based company, General Fusion. Uh, we heard from them at our lunch event uh, last month uh, uh, with ResourceWorks. And uh, they're trying to develop uh, their own form using a slightly different type of technology. Um, and, of course, while it's not definitively a viable source uh, for energy globally just yet, um, it is being seen as an encouraging step uh, towards uh, something that is environmentally friendly and efficient and can generate electricity when needed. Um, there's been some comments from uh, scientists locally, uh, scientists in Alberta, Jason Myatt, uh, who's actually worked uh, with some of uh, the researchers involved uh, in the process, uh, in, the, in the research in California, actually said that he considered it a pretty remarkable thing, uh, especially given how quickly these uh, technological innovations have come together. That same lab had some big announcements uh, last year as well. And, of course, uh, this potential proof of concept uh, provides access to capital for researchers involved in these projects around the world. Um, so overall, we should probably celebrate this. Uh, you know, not forget that there could be types of energy production, technological innovation, even outside the energy space, that we're not aware of or haven't even looked at fully. Um, and maybe we'll be able to transition to a new era of nuclear, genera- uh, new nuclear energy generation around the world. Now, just last week, the federal government announced its new strategy on critical minerals. What's in the plan? Well, it's an exciting one. It follows up on uh, substantial work over the last couple of years. Uh, There's been a number of announcements, uh, lots of lists with certain minerals listed, others not. Uh, And it's not just about powering the energy transition. Um, Of course, critical minerals are so, so key. Uh, The World Bank is actually predicting that 
um, demand for them overall. And, you know, this includes things like copper, uh, lithium, graphite, nickel, uh, lots of rare earth minerals. It's going to rise about 500 percent by 2050, you know, five times where it is today. Um, so this is all driven by uh, a shift to electric vehicles and batteries, uh, broadly known as the process of electrification. Uh, and Canada is a major mining producer today. Um, we have a lot of these minerals uh, in stock, so to speak. Uh, we just need to have the infrastructure to produce them, uh, process them, and export them. Uh, there's also a geopolitical consideration happening. Uh, there's been a new alliance announced with Canada and other G7 nations uh, to effectively compel mining companies to adopt more environmentally sustainable and socially responsible standards as they ramp up supply chains. Um, and a lot of that is aiming to reduce China's dominance uh, in the space. Uh, there's been uh, another climate conference, uh, COP15, uh, focused on biodiversity in Montreal, uh, where this has been a subject of discussion. And this new strategy is backed up by almost $4 billion uh, spending. It sets out a pretty ambitious plan for Canada to become this global supplier of choice. Uh, lots of clean technologies that, of course, would be enabled by it. Uh, it also attempts to really partner with Indigenous peoples, create jobs and economic opportunities, uh, and also advance the environmental, social, and governance, the ESG standards that underpin production globally. Um, there's been some changes as well in the involvement of foreign state-owned enterprises investing in this space. Uh, so any deals involving these minerals and their supply chains is going to come under heavy pressure. Um, and this is also a move that's uh, followed uh, the Canadian government basically requiring, I mentioned this a couple of weeks back, the divestment of three Chinese investments in the country's uh, sector. So I, I would say it's going to be interesting to see. I hope this is balanced against the need to drive capital formation. There's going to have to be a lot of money invested in mining, a lot of work by provinces and territories to ensure that uh, mining operators can uh, build projects with confidence uh, that they will have a clear result when they go through a regulatory process. Um, but I'm excited to see what this means, and I really hope that we'll be able to tap into the benefits of this rapidly growing space for the benefit of all Canadians. Now, Margareta, you're also in Ottawa this week, and I hear that last night you attended the Liberal Party of Canada's holiday party. How's Ottawa these days, and can you tell us anything about the Prime Minister's message yesterday to his supporters? Well, in short, Ottawa is, uh, as per usual this time of year, pretty cold. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's uh, it's really wonderful to, to see friends, former colleagues. I've been involved in some really exciting policy conversations, uh, both uh, across the political spectrums uh, uh, and also beyond them, uh, with lots of folks who aren't even political, but definitely have uh, strong opinions about the direction our country should be going on a number of key files. Um, but last night's event uh, was quite interesting. It was an energetic room uh, filled with about, I was going to say, 2,500 people. So very, very large uh, uh, party, and uh, there's nothing like a political party party, um, I can tell you that. Um, the remarks from the Prime Minister were quite interesting. Um, he covered a lot of ground. Uh, he spoke about everything from the uh, really sad um, uh, death of uh, Liberal MP Jim Carr. He'd been battling cancer for many years. He served as former Natural Resources Minister, uh, all the way through to recent results uh, from the by-election in Mississauga, uh, where the Liberals uh, scored the best historic result in that riding. So it's, it's been a very eventful couple of months. Um, but I really focused on what he had to say uh, in response to Conservative Party leaders' comments that Canada is broken. Uh, he said 
Canada is not broken. Uh, and uh, really, really push that uh, this is where Liberal Party wants to draw the line, um, saying, you know, very clearly for the record um, that this is a form of talking down the country. Um, he spoke about uh, efforts uh, that really prove our national identity and integrity. Um, people who helped out uh, in Atlanta, Canada during uh, Hurricane Fiona uh, aftermath uh, is a good example of that. But I would say that even if we don't want to talk down to where we are as a country today, we have so many positive characteristics. Uh, Canadians are warm, welcoming people, uh, despite uh, much of the landmass itself being kind of cold, as I said. Um, but there is a need to be critical about things we could be doing better. And I think it's a careful balance that uh, not only commentators and policy advocates in this space have to strike, but also national politicians that really frame the perspective that everyone in this country and outside of it takes when they try to figure out what's actually going on in Canada and what's the direction of the nation. Lastly, the Premier of Alberta, Danielle Smith, has settled into a role as party leader and is now preparing for a general election next year. Former Premier NDP Rachel Notley is once again running for the top job. What can we expect? Yeah, it's been uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, and of course, uh, the Sovereignty Act uh, was uh, just passed in the Alberta legislature last week. It's going to be a real point of contention leading into this uh, general election next year. Um, and uh, I'll also note that there were some provisions um, that had initially been brought forward as part of this bill. Um, for example, ones that uh, would have granted uh, Daniel Smith's cabinet uh, an effective power to bypass the legislature and to uh, rewrite laws. Uh, and that was actually stripped out. Uh, nevertheless, uh, the NDP, which used to be in power under... Uh, former Premier Rachel Notley, uh, has said that revoking the act would be their top priority uh, if they're able to form government next year. There was also uh, a little bit of controversy yesterday over Danielle Smith's comments. Um, She effectively equated um, the treatment of Alberta, um, jurisdictional overreach, uh, with um, challenges that uh, First Nations leadership have in, in, I quote, saying, extracting themselves from the paternalistic Indian Act. She said, we get treated the same way from Ottawa. They interfere in our jurisdiction all the time, and we look forward to pushing back and being treated exactly like Quebec. Uh, Unexpectedly, you could say, uh, we faced a lot of pushback, uh, so very quickly apologized. Um, But it is something worth considering. Um, I don't think the comments were very wise. Uh, It's a very large difference in kind uh, between cultural genocides uh, systematic erasure of, uh, of rights, uh, efforts to strip title uh, to, to land and territories, um, and, you know, taxation with representation, uh, which is effectively how provinces are uh, treated in that confederation. Um, but I expect, in addition to uh, pushing back against the Sovereignty Act over the coming months, uh, the NDP is going to try to position themselves as a reasonable, not completely out-of-left-field alternative uh, to the UCP. And they're really seeking to undermine this perception that the UCP is good for business, good for investment climate, and good for jobs in Alberta. Uh, They've promised everything from uh, expediting regulatory processes, uh, having uh, more consultations with First Nations communities if they're elected, and uh, extending a bunch of tax incentives. Uh, as a way to attract jobs and investment. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens. Um, you know, uh, Rachel Notley put it this way. She thinks the Sovereignty Act is 
only creating instability and uncertainty in their economy at a pivotal, pivotal time. Um, so I'm curious to see how the campaign plays out and ultimately where it leads the fate of the nation because the exact conversations that are happening in Alberta are having impacts on how Canada is perceived nationwide and how we work together in order to pursue common goals. Yeah, lots to look forward to there, Margareta. Thank you so much. As always, you take care and have a good weekend. You too.